Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, what kind of sandwich was that? grilled cheese with American cheese and cheddar. That's what I thought. It had more than one kind of cheese on it. Yeah, because the bread's big, and so my little American cheese single didn't didn't cover most of it, so I just put it in the center and I put cheddar around the outside. Oh, so that there was cheese all the way to the edges. Yeah. So I didn't so I didn't take a big bite of two pieces but of bread. Just bread, a bread sandwich. Which, <laughs> by the way, not really by the way, but there's a, there's a soup that was popularized in i think world war one might have even been before that where in fact it seems like it was something probably long before that where where the nurses in these combat zones were just so desperate for food to give to sick soldiers you know wounded soldiers that they made bread soup and it was just like it sounded or toast soup that's what it is toast toast soup soup. yeah they would just put toast in water yeah they would just hot water yep hot water with toast in it and then it would obviously get soggy so they'd soak it up and it'd become this mush mm-hmm. and they they couldn't chew many of them couldn't chew but they could slurp down toast soup they could drink up the delicious toast soup just regular old toasted bread nothing yeah. like cinnamon and sugar on no, it that no, would be no. delicious nope nothing like that honey no they might have added extra salt which would have been good for their you know, electrolytes and things, but mm. no, that's it. Mm. Well, this sandwich was much better than toast dissolved in bread or in water. Even with one side extra toasty? Yeah, it was It was kind of burned on one side, yeah. but that's because the peaches is learning how to use a gas stove instead of an electric stove. Yeah, and open fire is still confusing to her. Yeah, so it's probably somewhat that, probably maybe a little bit, like how many other things I'm doing at the same time that I'm we have children making sandwiches, uh, tussling, children taking their clothes off because they want to go swimming, children throwing salt into the air, children throwing salt into the air, absent-mindedly just dusting the just kitchen floor it. with it, and yeah. you could tell it was absent-minded because she was doing it literally right in front of you. Yeah, and so had she been thinking about what she was doing, she would have known better. She would have gone someplace else. A happy little salt dance that took place right there <laughs> under my nose. Uh, you're back in school too, right? Yep. Carl, but welcome, Carl. Uh, you're, we're back in school. Tomorrow is the end of week three. And so how is it? Lesson. Have we settled lesson into fourteen a, today and fifteen tomorrow? To a routine. Uh, I'm. I'm not necessarily looking for. <laughs> A solid routine anymore. My goal is to just not to not hate it as much as I've become accustomed to hating it. And so we went to the mm-hmm. reservoir on Tuesday. I saw that. Knowing were... full well I wouldn't get done everything that I could get done if I just drilled them at home. Like mm-hmm. if I just made them not look up or to the left or to the right and keep their noses down. Right, which wouldn't work anyway. 
Would I it? mean, yeah, that was that was my frustration. Like I was trying to get them to do things, and and I do still think that there were there are times where you have to say, look, we're doing this thing, whether you like it or not, and it doesn't matter if it takes six hours. We have to do it because mm-hmm. it's a character thing. But I'm just I'm trying to choose fewer of those battles. Like still have a few where it's like, yeah, you're just being defiant and oppositional, and we need to do this regardless of how you feel. But then other days where they're doing okay, they're cooperating, they're just, they're slow, or they're, you know, they're taking their time for whatever reason. They're dusting the floor with salt, and it's just one uh-huh. of those days. And instead of, like, choosing to fight on those days, just go, okay, I guess we'll work with this. Since I guess you, we'll go to the reservoir. Since your heads heads are in the clouds anyway, let's go out and look at some clouds. And, and throw sticks into the water. Sticks and rocks and empty shells and... Yeah, and we'll sit on this this rickety bench that probably is just a couple of weeks away from completely collapsing, uh-huh. and we'll take a walk down to the down to the playground if you can call it that. It was once a playground, and now like everything about it that had recreational devices attached to it has rusted. So like, there's no more tire swing because it fell off at some point. So it's I just the assembly. It's it's just a. It's just the the, bell, the bones, the skeleton of... But there's no swing. No. Well, actually, I take it back. There was a swing separate from the, the main playground. There was just a two-butt a two butt swing. Well, it still counts as a playground if there's playground equipment on it, right? There's... Yeah, I mean, it literally I mean, that's what platforms. That's what a playground is. It was kind of like a It's a place deck. where there is playground equipment. It was like a children's deck. There were a lot of, like... There were a lot of bars that once had things attached to them, and then there were a lot of things you could climb up to that led to nothing. There was no slide. It was just... Just a ladder for a slide? It wasn't a ladder. That was the decks. Like, it was those platform things that that are graded. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Are they like... They're like steps, but they're just platforms. Well, that's that's different from playground equipment when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, playground equipment when you were a kid was a series of decks and it platforms. It was wooden. That's, I should right. specify. It's not metal. Wooden platforms with various poles, slides, uh, yeah. ladders, Except rope. The, the poles were nets. gone and there was no slide. And there was a, a monkey bar thing that went from one platform to another. So that, so I guess, So a multi-level platform. But they had figured it out. They crawled all over it and had everything. They had tried everything within They'd know, done it 30 all seconds. In seconds. We went over to where the la- the water was, and there was some butterfly activity, and Silas and Emery were trying to catch that. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right. And then Colin found a lure that obviously- I saw that. You sent a picture of that lure. It yeah. looked like it was way too big for anything that would be in that yeah, reservoir. Yeah, like you could probably catch a, a small shark with it. Right. I don't know. I'm not really good at fishing. I don't know a lot about it, but I do know that the bait should not be bigger than the fish you're trying to catch. Right. Well, and I know you that. also shouldn't cast right into the weeds up near the shore because th- that's clearly what happened in this case. It was all wrapped around the log we were playing on multiple times. So he loosened it in the way that the fisherman who originally owned it could not have done from a boat. Because it was probably submerged. It was probably He was probably in a boat and... Right. We were on the shore. So, but we brought it home. Now we have a new lure. And I said to Luke, or I said both to Luke and to Colin, I said, we should take that to the lake next time and see if it's now Colin's lucky lure because we haven't really done a great job catching fish <laughs> this season, but maybe this is our moment. Well, you did the best job with live bait when we were there. Yeah. You put worms and uh, B 
bee moths on a hook and that's yeah. how you catch fish. Yeah, but our worms started exploding last time and I had never seen that happen. Like I, I'm sure real fishermen are like, oh yeah, that's a thing all the time. I had seen dried up shriveled worms they that you can't exploding. use. They weren't exploding. Yes, they were like bubbling. Like their guts were coming up out of their bodies. They had, they had boiled in the sun and literally, I was trying to find just a shred of one. I wanted to find a small section of a worm's body that I could put on this hook for my son. And as soon a as I A worm fragment. Yes. And I found them. They were all covered in dirt. There was just chunks of these worms inside the dirt. And I'd reach in and try to clean the dirt off to put it on the hook. And it would literally dissolve in my hand. It would just turn to this mushy protein shake in my hand. It was so gross. And I kept saying to Colin, I have never seen them do this before. I've never tried to put a worm into this or put a hook into this worm multiple times and have it literally just sink right through it. Just It's like trying to put pudding on a hook. Right. It was trying to run my hook. Like trying to bait a hook with chocolate like, pudding. Like creme brulee because it was mm-hmm. solid enough on the outside that it had a form and I that would it made pick you it up. think. Yeah. Oh, this is a viable. Yeah bit of fish bait and then i'd stick the hook in and it would just it would just it's like fooled you go through psych and i finally after five or six times i said colin i literally cannot hook any of these worms they're gone they're beyond their prime they look like worms they're worm decoys yes they're not actual worms bubbly guts still inside of them juicy gross juicy gooey slimy yeah worm remains so anyway you asked how are things going and i'm basically just lowering my expectations and we've talked about that many times well lowering expectations that's the key to happiness for some things and raising expectations for others raising the expectation for going out of the house and (laughs) lowering the expectation for getting everything done before that happens because normally we would try to work first and play later and then you never get around to it i mean i can never get absolutely everything done on the list that is an option for each child. Cammy woke up at like seven o'clock this morning, so she was done by, you know, 12, 31 o'clock. But yeah, I have three other kids besides, so. Cammy's sort of a self-starter too. Yeah, and sometimes Colin starts too. He went, he started by himself yesterday and did a really good job. There, buddy, that's the best I can do. Yeah, well, does anybody ever? It's probably gonna fall off. Does anybody ever get everything yeah. done that they intend to get done? Yeah. Is it, it isn't our to-do list just a perpetual list? It's, it's an endless list, isn't yes. it? Well, that's what I'm discovering. And so I don't want to teach my kids that like life is nothing but work and then you die. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to reward them for bad behavior. And so I've, I have been praying for wisdom to know when to push and when to... When to uh, when to go. go to the reservoir yeah, when to and go. get a lure off well, of a log. And we went to the library this morning, again, knowing that I, I took a whole lot more than what I knew we would finish and just decided to see what we could do. And Colin wanted to play a board game. And normally I'd be like, well, yeah, you can after you're done with school. Well, mm-hmm. we couldn't get done with school before it was time to leave the library. And I knew that. So I let them take a break. Around the time that Tabby showed up and Marcy and Simon, and we didn't know they were coming. Today? (laughs) Yeah, at the library. Oh, at the library. We were there, and Tabby was like, when I first saw you guys, I was like, hey, cool homeschoolers. And then I was like, oh, (laughs) it's my sister. It's our sister. So so they were there, and uh, we picked out some books, and then we came home for lunch. And we still are not, quote, finished with 
everything. I think Cammy is, but I know Colin and Emery are not. So, well, I know Colin's mad at me. Yeah, because he told me that. I told him to tell you that mm-hmm. on the way out of the library because I said we have to go home now and make lunch because Grandpa's going to be there and he only has so much time. He only mm-hmm. has a little time because he has a job now mm-hmm. where he has to go back to work after lunch. And Colin was like, I hope he brought space space. Because, again, board games. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, here comes Silas. Space space is a good game. He's oh, crying. Silas is unhappy. So, what have to tend to that. Yeah, Carl, I got a... Uh, <laughs> I got a job accidentally. I didn't I didn't intend to get a job. I had my son mention to the place that I used to work before I became a stand-up comedian. Before I went full-time as a stand-up comedian, I worked at a print shop and I found out through the grapevine that they need some people to help them do some graphics and some layout, which is something that I am fairly proficient at and so i told my son hey when you're in talking to clayton let him know that i'm available i got some time on my hands during the week if if they need some help i'd be happy to come in and uh, help them get out from underneath their workload and uh, long story short a couple of days later i was uh i was employed i had a i had a job uh, it's not what i intended to do but I think, I think it's a t- season in my life when uh, uh, I, I, I kind of like being local. I like being home. I like being situated. I like being, being around the family. I do like being able to play space space with Colin. Um, I may not be able to do it exactly when he wants to, but I'm still around to do that. And it's, like I said, wasn't in my intention. Wasn't my intention to get a job. Sort of fell into it. Well, but the understanding is that I will have some flexibility when in comedy gigs come up that I'll be able to go and do them. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, um, you need to get ready to do your next dry bar special. It's going to be in October sometime at the end. Is that for real? Yeah. So you got to memorize <laughs> your uh. set. <laughs> Uh, and if you can do it once or twice before you get down to Utah, that'd be great too. Yeah, well, I'll have to. See, now I'm a little nervous. Oh no, I'm nervous because ah! I don't have, I don't have the three pairs down pat like I have Goldilocks. Right, you'll have to do it. You can do it at uh, FLF at the Fight Laugh Feast conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good place to practice. You can even tell our friends there. Well, that's in October, though, isn't it? It's terrible at the beginning. It's the first weekend in October. So what am I doing this dry bar thing? End of October. Yeah. Now I'm nervous about it. (laughs) Jeez. I am. It's expectations. Uh, This is news to me, Carl. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that was... Hot off the presses. That that was going to happen. You're going to record either the 20th or the 27th, probably. Okay, well, I guess we better better bring this podcast to a close because I got you have to go memorize to work memorizing the three bears material for yeah. my next dry bar special. 
So uh, join us at the Fight Laugh Feast Conference to listen to John's terrible performance of listen to John Goldilocks Butcher, and the Three Bears. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Everybody knows about the Three Pigs. Everybody talks about the Three Pigs. Not very many people know that you published a book on Goldilocks in the same style not long after. It was only a couple years later. Yep. And now I was like, I well, did. people will know more about that book if you, there's some evidence of it out on the internet somewhere. So I was like... I'm not too. I'm not interested in necessarily doing another dry bar special if it's going to be the same. I'm not either. Thing that everybody else is doing. I am not either. Like if if it's just straight boring stand up, they already have more than enough comedians doing stand up on. What dry a bar. thing to say. Well, they are. They do. They have enough. Like there's hundreds of them. If if you like stand up comedy, you can go to Dry Bar right now without your second special being available. And you can watch lots of stand up. And you'll find a lot of it. And, and a lot of it's good stuff. So, so there. It's not, I'm not saying that it's not good. I'm saying that it's already good enough and you don't need there's to keep enough. doing it. What more. she's saying is there's enough stand up on Dry Bar and yeah. they need something that's more, what is this? Performance art? Yeah. Well, this is something theatrical. You, I think, are one of the most successful specials that they've had um, for as long as it's been out and the number of hits that it's gotten, I think it's up there in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And so why is that? Well, it's because it's got the three pigs on it and people, it's very shareable on social media. So people right. are watching it and they're sharing it with their friends. And I think the people at dry bar know that. And so, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to take the three pigs guy and just drop that momentum by d- having you do your regular material. It just doesn't make sense to me. But if you already have written another story in the same vein and literally every single comment section that the three pigs has been published people say you should do this other fairy tale you should do another one you should do this story or that that was originally why i did the goldilocks was because i had every intention of yeah to do three pigs uh, i was gonna do a whole series i was gonna do all of the fairy tales or any fairy tales you still can i still can the difficulty is that the three pigs and Goldilocks are hands down the two most universal and recognizable. Uh, the reason I did the three pigs was because I did research to find out what was the most recognizable fairy tale. And right. the three right. pigs is always but way at the top. Theoretically, though, and ideally, you you have already done that, done the job of making sure that people understand the premise by paving the way with the three pigs and now with Goldilocks. Um, so now people would go looking for others just because they know who you are and it wouldn't need to be as obvious from line one, you know, what it is that you're doing. Well, that is true among people who are already familiar with that material, right? right. Like you said, but, but new people, like if I was to do Rapunzel or Rumpelstiltskin or something less, uh, less familiar to people, I it think, would be. I think it's familiar. They just—it's not as recognizable from the first line. Like that's the problem. Right. Right. Well, that's my point. Trying to get people to my, know where you're going from. The my very point beginning. is, from the first line, people go, "Oh, this is the story of the three pigs." Right. And then, but Rumpelstiltskin doesn't have you that. You could do. Uh, um, you could do Red Riding Hood. Jack and the Beanstalk. You could do Little Red Riding Hood with as much recognition. You could probably do Jack and the Beanstalk with as much recognition too. You think so? If you talk about a, a boy who is foolish, because that's usually how it starts out. It's it's a combination of the boy who, the foolish son who is always disappointing his mom because he carries, he I forget the very first step. 
Mm-hmm. I know he ends up dragging a ham through town by a leash because his mom said, foolish boy, the next time you're paid with a with a dog or something like what that. What are you talking I, about? Oh, come on. Carl knows this what This is Jack about. and the Beanstalk? Yeah, it starts with... I have never heard him dragging a ham through town. Do you even know what story I'm talking about, dragging a ham through town? No. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Carl already See, knows. See, you're making my point here. No, the, no, no. The, the three pigs, everybody understands it, but you right start to, to deviate into other fairy tales. Next door at johnbranion.com and tell me what the name of this story is. It's a fable. It's super Super common, super popular. About a about a, a boy, boy dragging a ham through yeah, town on the, a leash. That's the end one. That's the last one he does. First, he puts he puts something on his head. He carry he's supposed to carry it home on his head, and it is it up, butter? And, yes, and it melts all down the side of him. Right, because his mom told him to carry it on his head. But what it what what she expected him to bring home was a like a thing of flour or something like that. And the flour he carried under his arm when then it dumped all over the the ground on his way home so every time well, he that's not home his fault thing, that's the packaging's fault <laughs> every time he brings home a new thing his mom says foolish you boy carry you should have done this and so he tell, she tells him to carry it a different way so he finally brings home these beans and then he she's mad at him about that too because it, it's, see all of that lead up i am unfamiliar with okay well anyway you wouldn't have to tell you could tell it the way you're familiar with it it would take it would take an hour to tell you that could story do the princess and the pea that's another one that not everybody's familiar with. Well, okay. I would say anybody who's familiar with fairy tales in general would have heard that at least once. Like, right, but here's the, the thing. Here's it. the thing, Peaches and Carl. When you're doing a performance, when you're doing, let's just call it stand-up, uh, when you're doing that, you have to be able to have the general audience kind of know what you're talking yes. about unless the audience is a very specific demographic no, no, if you're talking to a bunch of uh mechanics no, for I'm example you can do inside you. car related right. material i'm agreeing that everybody needs to know what you're talking about where we're disagreeing is whether people know the story of the princess and the pea and i would say culturally that they do and it's not just because i would think they don't they maybe didn't read it in the original they maybe mm-hmm. don't know who Hans Christian Andersen is, for example, but or who Aesop was, but they do know because again, the Muppets have done a version, or you know, Sesame Street, or what? Uh, what year do Mr. you think Rogers this is? Did, these are my age. People my age would have would have seen the Princess and the Pea. Yes, they would do like, and they would know that Jack put butter on his head well, and drug a ham through town. Maybe not. Maybe they wouldn't know that that is also related to the Jack and the Beanstalk story. The same kid, the same kid who was in trouble with his mom would th- he threw the beans See, outside. The Jack and, and the then... Beanstalk story has many facets to it. There's the whole yeah. thing with the harp. There's the thing yes. with the goose and the golden egg. You I mean, could there's... do Cinderella again because even if people don't read the story in the original form, they know the story of Cinderella. And if you just start out by saying there was a girl who who wasn't loved by her stepmother, but she and her cleaned the steps. house. And because she would clean, you know, she was always full of soot and ashes from cleaning and they called her Cinderella. But you would have to say it however I would have to say it in an English way that would make it even more you difficult to, come to up understand. With a silly way to say Cinderella that would that but people would know if you said she she was always cleaning her mother didn't stepmother didn't love her and made her clean the house and because she was always dirty her her uh friends or i guess her stepsisters called her i don't have know. you ever heard anybody tell the story of rinder yes 
I did that once when I was a kid and didn't know that it had already been done. No. I performed I performed a Rindersella. Uh I don't think it was that story, but I did a, a fairy tale for Tabby and Andrew. And they loved it. They thought it was hilarious. They brought yeah. the house down. They were yeah. list, they were hanging on my every word, just waiting for me to put one wrong consonant in front of the other. Uh-huh. And I've, every time I did, they would collapse in giggles. Well, I've had several People through the years reference that to me. They've sent me videos mm-hmm. from Hee Haw of, uh, what's his name doing it? Archie, uh, Archie Campbell yeah. doing Rindersella uh, while he cut cut people's hair. And yeah. and I've, it, it occurred to me that this it's a really simple, simple gimmick. Yes. But it's effective. It works. People yeah. will listen to the whole story. Okay, so there you go. People know Cinderella. Anything that's been turned into a Disney movie, they would know, you know, The Little Mermaid or Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could do a whole bunch of them if you just trust people to know the, at least the, the canon or the lore and not necessarily. It's not that I, it, the big problem is not that I don't trust people. It's that I have to memorize those things. No, not all of them. I you have could to just publish some as books if you wanted. Deal. But yeah, you have to. De- you do have to prove to others that you have the ability to write more than one. Well, there also has to be a hook. I've done that. I've written yeah. Goldilocks, and uh, but there also has to be a hook because there has to be something that make. I don't just retell the story. Right. I tell it, but there's a little hook. There's a little twist. Right. And so that's the part that requires a little, uh, a little thinking, and you you never know for sure if the twist is going to work. Yeah, well, just don't know. The time is ripe for Goldie Goldilocks, and the I time won't is say, right for Goldie. I will not say any more on the matter because most people have not heard it. <laughs> but if you go and read it or listen, to I will it, speak no more of this. Listen to it at the Fight Laugh Beast conference when apparently you're going to do it. Uh, then I haven't made any promises. When is that? That's its first or the 8th. first part of sixth, seventh, and eighth of October. Gosh, in I'm going to have to get busy. The way to do it is to plod. This is the way to do it. Yes. To just start working, like maybe a page at a time. Just yeah. maybe take a page, memorize it. I thought you said you were like halfway done with it. it. I am. It, it, I, I was working on it a, a little while back because we there were murmurings that perhaps there was another dry bar. Right. No, I told you it was, pr- it was a pretty good chance. And so I started working on it. And uh, and yeah, it's it's up there. It's still up there, but it's not smooth. It's, right. It's it's clunky. So, right. There's there's some things about this one that are that are more Shakespearean because I, when I did the Three Little Pigs, there were some people who were critical because it was not written in iambic pentameter. Uh huh. So there's elements of iambic pentameter in this. Oh, I'm to, so glad to address those. Yeah, I'm sure everyone is going to be writing a thank you for that. <laughs> That's going to be a big these relief. Are the things, these are the things I obsess over. Uh, was there, we're, meanwhile, Rindersella Was is, there something else we were going to talk about today besides like well, I wanted school to talk, and memorizing? I wanted things. to talk more about, uh, more about comedy. And, uh, and Pete Holmes, but I know you you, you know, will give me a hard time about that. I have spelling to do with my first grader and many other things. And I have a half-naked son walking around somewhere wanting to get in the pool. <laughs> Why in the world would I want to talk about comedy? Well, you know, the uh, as, I, as I've gone back to work and, uh, and I'm 
putting in like regular hours and stuff and dealing with dealing with customers and dealing with other employees it occur it's occurring to me that there are there are a lot of people who are just unhappy about about what they got going on mm-hmm. during the day and uh i i'm actually really grateful for the stuff I got going on. I mean, it's different than what I've been doing for the past few years, but, but it's kind of fun. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm accomplishing something that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I went into a place where they had a, they had a need. I don't know exactly how to fix the problems, but I'm figuring it out. And there's something kind of, kind of fun about, about having, having something to do that's more of a long-term project and I don't really exactly even know how to do it for the past 20 years when I've been handed a microphone I know exactly what to do right I mean I don't know specifically what I'm going to do when I go on stage yet here you are nervous about but I've got a body of material that you have already admitted to mostly having memorized Uh uh-huh right Mm -hmm. well this is what I'm saying I'm, I'm saying that I have had a level of confidence for the past, gosh, for a, for a long time. So I've had a body of material that I was comfortable with. And if I did new material, I wasn't worried about whether or not it was going to work because I knew that if it didn't work, if it just completely blew up, that would be funny by itself. Mm. But if it didn't work very well, I would just go back into the material that I know works and... What I'm saying is I just know exactly what I'm doing when somebody hands me a microphone. Right. But now I'm into territory where I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working with I'm trying to set up Google ads. Google ads. Do you know anything about setting up Google ads? No. Me neither. But this is what I'm doing. No. So um, the people who are not happy with what they've got going on, mm-hmm. is it because maybe... They don't see the point of having Google ads. I don't know. This is what I I was talking today with a couple of the guys at work and they were talking about how they tried to order uh, food at a particular restaurant, a fast food place. And did you know that you can get like a $3 meal at McDonald's, you do yeah. for, like for three bucks. Yeah, I knew that because I actually bought one for myself last time I took the kids to McDonald's to work. It's on like a school. double cheeseburger and fries. Yeah, it's for a small three fry, bucks. so it's right. not a lot of fries, but yeah, yeah. And then a water. See, I, I didn't know that. Yep. So anyway, they ordered this. Uh, this guy ordered one of those and didn't get the didn't get the cheeseburger. Oh. He just got a bag of fries. That's, basically. <laughs> that's a pretty significant <laughs> oversight. That's like that's like half the order, yeah. right? That's like 50%. And so he went back and asked the, he said, I, I don't have, my order's not right. And then the girl was like, well, what's wrong with it? He goes, I didn't get my my uh, cheeseburger. And she said, well, did you order one? And he, <laughs> goes, and he goes, yeah, I ordered this this special meal deal. And she said, are you sure? And it was like giving him, uh, hamburgers at McDonald's cost them, you know, seven cents. Well, it doesn't cost that girl anything. It doesn't cost that girl anything. That's not why she was asking. She wasn't like hoping that she, <laughs> that it wasn't going to cost her a lot of money. She was like, so what was she? What was she doing? What was she? But she was belligerent. Is is the point? 
And I wasn't there. Is that he was, belligerence? He was, no, he was saying that when she finally, she finally huffed and was really, yes. and was annoyed with him, visibly annoyed, Ugh. and gave him his cheeseburger. Okay, the thing is... That's not a person who's happy no, in but, their work. But never attribute to belligerence what you can attribute to, you know, ignorance. And... And further, I would say ignorance. never attribute to ignorance what you can attribute to discomfort to or fear. No, I would say she's working <laughs> at McDonald's, probably one of two workers there because they can't hire anyone anymore. Nobody's hiring or everybody's hiring and nobody's well, coming see, to fill that... out applications. So she's in over her head and like desperate for it to not be her fault. Right. That yeah. that was actually where the conversation went. And I said to them, because he was like, can you believe it? She was she was being difficult. She was hard, you know, hard to get, blaming me for it and upset. And I said, here's Silas again. He's pretty sad. So I said, that is pretty typical of most places because it's hard to find somebody who's a good employee. That's why I said to the guys, I said, it's really hard to find good employees. You think about a person working at a drive-thru. They're wearing a headset. They're operating the drink machine while they wear a headset, talking to somebody in the drive-thru who may or may not know what the heck they want to order. And so they're like, oh, can I get this with the, you know, particular size and can i swap out the drink for a shake and so they're they're having to deal with all of that on the headset while they pour the drink while they check to make sure that the fries aren't burning while they put salt on the fries so they're doing like at least four different things simultaneously while they're working the drive-thru then somebody shows up and and the order is wrong and it might not even been her fault she might not even been the one who put the order together but here she is dealing with a somewhat irate, or at least an unhappy. Whether they're on irate or not, I don't know. But they're they're dissatisfied. And and I said to the guys, I said I feel some sympathy for those people because they are they're doing a lot of stuff. They're doing a lot of work. They're never getting thanked for it. The only time they ever hear anything is when something is screwed up. And I I can understand why they would be a little. Uh, irritable from time to time. So that was exactly where the conversation went. Yeah. That well, a little bit of empathy for the other person's position would go a long way. Now, she could have also done the same thing. Right. She could have also empathized with his position where here he is. He's, she doesn't know what kind of a day he's had. But he's trying to go through the drive-thru. Maybe he's in a hurry. And look, his meal is not complete. The order's screwed up. Right. And so... Each of them extending empathy for the other would have made a better day for both of them. Well, the empathy takes time, and that's that's it. When you already feel like you're burning the candle at both ends, and you're, you know, the the script in your head over and over is, I can't deal with this. I don't have the time. There's too much going on. I'm overwhelmed. You know, blah blah blah. And it becomes harder and harder for you to stop and imagine things from another person's perspective. There's a saying, whatever you think you're missing or missing out on, whatever you think you're missing out on is what you are withholding from the world. So whatever That's it is. That's a saying? Mm-hmm, it's going around on social media. <laughs> it's a saying. Okay. Okay. I don't I believe know why you're laughing well, you about just, it. Well, you just said it. Obviously, it's a saying. It's a saying. Anything Others that could be said is a saying. Listen, next door at johnbranding.com if you've heard that <laughs> saying before. 
going to try to get our inbox flooded with people um, agreeing with you and telling me that I'm Whatever you think wrong. you're missing is what you're, you're withholding. Withholding. It's a, that might be a bit of a paraphrase, but... But it's just saying... Oh, Eckhart Tolle. Is that how you say his last name? I don't know. Whatever you think the world is withholding from you is what you are withholding from the world. That is a Bam. paraphrase, yeah. Okay, so that's it's a thing. Whatever you think the world is withholding from you is what you are withholding from the so world. So the world is withholding patience and empathy from you. And the more you work in fast food, the more that's true. If, if yes. all of the customers are withholding, you know, carefulness and peace and patience from you, right. then yeah, you're going to be withholding that from your customers too. And who's going to be the one that breaks the cycle? I don't... Colin, I never understand your miming. When you are standing next to me making He's these standing weird next to her making motions. Gyrations and if I do my pantomime. You just have reading. He, he wants to do I think his that's reading the main so he thing. can Unless be done. You, did you finish your language test and quiz? Speaking of patience and waiting for things to, to happen and being content yes. and at peace with, yeah, with things. Colin would like to finish up his schoolwork, but he can't. He has to wait for the read aloud to be done. No, he can read. He's just got to read his own reading book. No. And then he's asking if he can do Duolingo on his tablet after he's done with language and reading. Oh, I would have never picked up on that from the pantomime. From, yeah, from him doing a book book sign in front of my face. But yeah, yeah. but the anyway, my point is... Uh, Yours books, and Eckhart's point is... The books that I've been reading have been saying this to mothers, too, as a reminder to them who uh, to keep the main thing the main thing and to, to be focused on what really matters because when you are a stay-at-home mom, especially a homeschooling stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. the kids are the main reason that you are there. Like, you right. are trying to raise little right. people. And to be impatient with them... It makes no sense. Makes to, no sense, but it's act like they're interrupting your day when they, when they show up and it's like... The whole reason that this kid is here instead of at the school next door, the government is so that building, you can deal with his issues. So that I can give be him the one that gives him lunch at noon and then and then right. listens to him read and right. decides when and where he plays with his tablet. But it's easy to forget that. Yeah, it's easy to forget that. Yeah, and it takes time. And the more hurried you are, the more you know, the less help you have, the more you feel like I just don't have the time. I don't have the time right. for all of this. It's all an interruption. And instead of Treating the customers at McDonald's like they're an interruption, you can eventually c- come around to realize that the whole reason you're there at McDonald's is to is serve to people ser- cheeseburgers. Is to make sure that they get their cheeseburgers yeah. and to make sure that their fries are... It's difficult. And so one of the yeah. things I appreciate about our dentist's office, because I took all four kids to the dentist yesterday mm-hmm. by myself, wow. Silas's first dentist appointment. How do you do? Just fine. No drama? None at all. Wow. Can you imagine that Silas having That says something about Silas or something about the dentist or both. And both. He's really laid back. He's yeah, like, but going to the dentist, I still begging. I still weep when I go to the dentist. He was begging to go to the dentist. Every time I would take the other kids, he'd go, me too? <laughs> and I was like, no. And he goes, when do I get to go to the Why? dentist? Why? Why do you think? He, because they get they get bags of, of yes. toothbrushes and toothpaste and little toys. They would come home with a toys. bag every time. Yeah. So it was this great thing that he was missing out on for many years. Never underestimate the power of a tube of toothpaste and a toy bouncy ball it's yep. actually quite a bit they have a lot of stuff in there sometimes yeah the dentist the dentist's office is the same place but the dentist that we originally started going to 
has retired. Well, but his his uh, administrative crew is still the same. His it's the same secretary, people. and that was why I was bringing and it up. They used to load us up. Yes. And I don't know if they did that with all the kids, but yes. we would get extra handfuls of goodies. They give from my you guys. kids a whole bunch of stuff, but mm-hmm. not just that. When we're waiting to leave, when I'm making the appointments for next time, paying, you know, it's quite a bit of waiting for the kids to do. And so it's always it's always nice to hear the secretary tell me how well behaved my children are and that I do a really great job and they love to see them when they come in. And Colin filled out, this was before he went back, <laughs> he filled out his own form this time because there was time to update the paperwork. Really? And she was like... If, if nothing so he knows changed, all of his insurance information? No, he does not. <laughs> no. But she was like, if things haven't changed at all, you know, I'm not really worried about it. Because she hands me a stack. I've got four kids plus myself. Sure. She so hands me a stack, of, 20 stack pages. of papers. Yeah. And it was Silas's first visit. She's like, I'm going to need his because it's his first trip. So that's the important thing. So I filled out Silas's. So meanwhile, I give Cammy hers and Colin his. And I'm like, here, fill out what, what you, you know. Can. And she, the secretary was cracking up listening to us talk because Colin would go, mom, mom, what's the word employer? What's an employer? (laughs) And I said, that's the person who hires you and where you go to work, the person who's in charge of you. And he goes, oh, my boss. And I said, yeah, "Yeah, it's your boss. And he goes, so I put you. And then he like looks down (laughs) and I said, no, that's illegal. No, no, you're not really my employee. I can't employ you. There's child labor laws. So the secretary's listening to us and she's laughing. But what I was thinking, she she gets this paper after we're done with it. And he had filled out like everything to the best of an eight-year-old's ability right. just like that. That wasn't the only thing. Right. He did the best he could. Like they asked for medications at the bottom and he was like, none. And then he thought better of it and he wrote, except gummy vitamins. <laughs> the bottom <laughs> he wrote that in the box yeah he wrote it inside the, on the line <laughs> so they got to check to see if the gummy vitamins are going to have any reactions with any of his so that was medication that was the form we hand in and so she laughs and she's like oh this is a hoot she's like i need to have this one framed and she's she was enjoying herself they probably should but she always is really bubbly like she remembers everybody's name she remembers details about where their families work and things like that how we're related to everybody else who goes to the (laughs) office and i was just thinking that yesterday i was like you know this is a person who has put a lot of time and effort into being uh friendly into being amiable being invested in the patients yeah being empathetic and and um and doing things that, that your coworker expected the lady at McDonald's to also do. Right. <laughs> but right. it's hard work. It's a skill. And it actually takes a lot of time and a lot of intention to hone that skill. I mean, and, instead and of patience. Instead of being frustrated with people who don't possess it, like appreciating those who do and, and recognizing just how much they've done to get to that place where I don't know whether she's ever had a bad day. I'm sure she probably has. She probably has. But I would have never known it because every time we go into the office, she's always extremely encouraging and, you know, ready to laugh. And right. Yeah. Right. It's always. Oh, I know the other thing too, as we were getting ready to leave and I'm signing the you know receipt, little Silas, who's four. <laughs> First time at the dentist. His first time at the dentist. He's in the waiting room and he's just feeling on top of the world. Sure, he's got a goodie bag. He had a great appointment and he did well. And they come out and they call this man, this older man who was sitting in the waiting room. They call him back and Silas goes, bye. 
I hope you do drate. <laughs> right. <laughs> drate. I hope you do drate. <laughs> what did the guy say? Up. I don't think he understood him, or I think he might have been too far away to too really hear. Away. But I translated it again for the secretary. I was like, I'm pretty sure he just told that guy he hopes he has a drate appointment. And she cracked up. She goes, yeah, that is what he says, isn't it? She was only vaguely paying attention Silas, to Silas has a bit of a, he's a little bit dutchy when he says jeez. Uh, oh, we practiced goody bag instead of duty bad. Duty bad. Duty yeah. bad. And I kept saying goody bag. Well, he calls me trampa still. Yep. Trumpa John. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's yeah. So, yeah. but what does that have to? What does any of that have to do with comedy? Just it has seeing to, things it, from a new perspective. It has to do with yeah. With, with for for me, it's all about me. This podcast is still all about me. Always has been. Okay. Is that I am, I'm, I'm in into a new zone now. I'm doing things that are not necessarily uh, wired in, and. And it's fun. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having a bad day. I'm not grouchy. Mm-hmm. Not snapping at people. Well, I'm. Uh, you're kind of ruining what I said about it taking skill and t- hard work and time and investment. To, because you don't think that I've I've happy. intentionally done it. You think that this is just comes naturally to me. Apparently, you just like to go to work. You just like to go to work. Well, I always liked that job. I'm back in a place where I was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and. The, the irony is that I actually interviewed with the guy who I hired to take my place all right. of those years ago. Right. So He's I'm still there. Yeah. The, I hired him and then he, and then I interviewed with him a couple of decades later. And for this position. was he, apparently he was impressed enough to agree to let you join the team. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, they love me there. They always have. Um, and if I was to give a piece of advice to Carl, if you're, if you're younger than me, Carl, uh, the name of the game is just it's just making people like you. You know, just be a decent person, be a be an easy to get along with person who kind of rolls with the punches, and uh, and and people will. They hated to see me go. They hated to see me go all yeah. of those years ago. And here I thought you were going to tell us the secret to using comedy to enjoy your job more, but guess not. I guess we just are out of time. Well, that's it's patience. It's we talked about it. It's it's empathy. Being, being, it's huge to be able to see things from the other person's perspective. That is mm-hmm. that's the essence of being able to do comedy is to understand what the there audience is thinking, what the audience is perceiving. We just had to start the the outro music, and that was gonna inspire you to bring this around to comedy (laughs) comedy is about seeing things from others perspective you say it always has been yes (laughs) if you don't know what the audience is thinking you can't be funny but if you know what's going on in the in the audience's mind then being funny is easy okay i guess we can end it there (laughs) see you next time Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.